This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hi, I'm Anif Baharudin and this is Gigi Well Played, the show that talks about all things video games. In this episode, we're going to do a quick review of the company man Forrest's debut game on Steam. But before that, here's a look back at some of the biggest news in the world of gaming with Daryl Ong and Dashran Yohan. Thank you, Hanif. We're going to start the news with an update on the Activision Blizzard story. In case you missed it, the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for violations of civil rights and equal pay laws. It's been revealed that the company has been involved in a litany of abuse, including creating a frat boy culture that led to sexual harassment and discrimination against women. That's right. And there was an uproar over the incident, which then led to Activision Blizzard employees staging a massive walkout at the end of last week with four demands. So the first demand is an end to mandatory arbitration clauses in all employee contracts, current and future. Arbitration clauses protect abusers and limit the ability of victims to seek restitution. And the second one is the adoption of recruiting, interviewing, hiring and promotion policies designed to improve representation among employees at all levels agreed upon by employees in a company-wide diversity, equity and inclusion organisation. So current practices have led to women, in particular women of colour and transgender women, non-binary people and other marginalised groups that are vulnerable to gender discrimination not being hired fairly for new roles when compared compared to men. Mm. Uh, their next request is that the publication of data on relative compensation, including equity grants and profit sharing, promotion rates and salary ranges for employees of all genders and ethnicities at the company. Current practices have led to aforementioned groups not being paid or promoted fairly. Their final request is to empower a company-wide diversity, mm. equity and inclusion task force to hire a third party to audit APK's reporting structure, HR department and executive staff. It's imperative to identify how current systems have failed to prevent employee harassment and to propose new solutions to address these issues. That's right. So hundreds of their employees participated in the walkout with some of them holding different placards with messages such as fight bad guys in video games, fight bad guys in real life, as well as women in the video game industry deserve a safe place to work and many more. Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick issued a statement to respond to the walkout. He called an earlier statement made by the company as tone deaf and promised to take, and I quote, swift action as well as saying that there's no place anywhere for discrimination, harassment or unequal treatment of any kind, as well as promising to review Activision Blizzard's policies and procedures. Mm. Kotick also said that the company will be investigating every claim of harassment as well as to offer support to victims. In response, the employer group that participated in the walkout said that Kotick's change in tone is definitely welcomed, but the company still fails to address some core issues and specific demands made, including forced arbitration for all employees, as well as the need for greater pay transparency to ensure equality. 
They then said that this walkout was not meant to be a one-off thing and that this is the beginning of a movement to ensure better labour conditions for the employees there and they remain open to having a constructive dialogue with the management. As of time of the recording, Activision Blizzard has not responded to the employee's latest statement. Yeah, this is an ongoing story. Uh, but Ubisoft employees who themselves have been involved in similar controversies have shown their solidarity with their counterparts in Activision Blizzard by sending an open letter demanding for accountability by the management of both Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft. Moving on, developers that had the experience of being in the team that developed God of War, The Last of Us, Destiny and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, they all have come together to form a new AAA studio called That's No Moon. So the studio will be working on a new single-player third-person action-adventure game with a war chest of 100 million US dollars. The studio will be led by CEO Michael Mumbauer, who is formerly the head of PlayStation's Visual Arts Group, while Tina Kowaleski, former head of product development at Sony Santa Monica, has been appointed as the company's chief strategy officer. Yeah, not much has been revealed yet, uh, except for the fact that they are working on a project that, according to them, is an ambitious new action-adventure game that will push the limits of both gameplay and story. Taylor Kurosaki has been appointed as the creative director, and Jacob Minkoff will be the game director. Director. Both of them used to work at Infinity Ward and Naughty Dog on Call of Duty Modern Warfare and The Last of Us. Apart from these individuals, the team also said that some of the developers that were hired were also involved in games like Fortnite, Uncharted 4, A Thief's End and many many more. The $100 million investment into the studio came from South Korean company Smilegate, makers of the FPS series Crossfire, and they will also be involved in a partnership role. And according to reports, the partnership aims to create new experiences that will inspire empathy and deeper personal connections with players all around the world. Yeah, exciting stuff. The mm -hmm. company is going to be based in Los Angeles and San Diego, and they are looking to build a team of 100 developers by 2022. Sounds exciting when you see a team like this form featuring veterans in the industry and I'm personally happy that they're also working on a game that sounds like it's going to be story-driven as opposed to the trend of either multiplayer battle royale or a live service free-to-play game. Definitely curious to see what they have in store for the gaming industry. That's right. And on to our next story, PC gamers rejoice and be prepared to compete with scalpers and crypto miners again. If you're not keen to be on Team Green, AMD announced the latest model of its Radeon RX 6000 line of graphic cards last week. The model is going to be called RX 6600 XT and this is their first GPU in the RX 6000 series that was designed for 1080p high refresh rate gaming and is the equivalent of NVIDIA's RTX 3060. Yeah, so here are some specs for the graphic card. You have 8 gigs of GDDR6 memory with a speed of 16 gigabits per second, 32 megabytes of infinity cache and also 2359 MHz game clock and also a 165 thermal design power which means that it will be sufficient for you to use just a 500 watt power supply and you can have this graphic card as part of your gaming rig. Um, some might say it might be a little odd for AMD to release a graphics card that's more catered to 1080p gaming but according to them two-thirds of the displays sold in 2020 were 1080p and they might be right while 4k gaming is the future I wonder whether a lot of people will actually play games in 4k that's right and regardless the card will naturally also include AMD's latest RDNA 2 technology and it will also support 
Fidelity FX Super Resolution or FSR, which is AMD's super sampling tech that was just released last month and the one that we spoke about briefly on the show a few episodes ago. AMD will not be releasing their own version of the graphics card, but it will definitely be available from all partners including Asus, MSI, Sapphire, Gigabyte and ASRock. Apart from having a desktop version, several gaming laptops will also have the RX 6600 XT as a GPU option, including HP Omen 16 and Asus ROG Strix G15. Companies such as Alienware and Acer will also reportedly offer this GPU as an option in their pre-built machines. Yeah, and now the question you've all been waiting for. The AMD Radeon RX 6600 XT graphics card will be available from 11th of August with a starting price of 379 US dollars or roughly around 1.6k ringgit. Decent, I guess, option for you to consider if you can beat the competition from scalpers and miners, of course. And last but not least, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, the action-adventure PlayStation exclusive game that we are personally looking forward to will be delayed for another month. It was initially scheduled to come out on the 28th of August, but is now pushed to the 21st of September. And according to the developer Ember Lab, in a statement posted on Twitter, and I quote, we have made the decision to delay the release of Kenna until September 21st to polish the game across platforms. The team has been working extremely hard and we feel the extra time is critical to ensure the best experience possible. We know many of you are eager to play and we appreciate your patience as the team continues to work on delivering the best version of Kenna. Thank you for your amazing support. Yeah, Kenna was first revealed on the PS5 last year and was soon likened to a Pixar film as the game featured very cartoony yet a bubbly world with interesting characters that we usually associate with the fame film studio. This news, however, is not really a surprise considering how the pandemic has affected a lot of studios and we have always said on the show it's better for them to delay a game and take their time with it rather than rushing the game out with a lot of bugs and problems that need to be fixed later. That's the end of this week's news with Darren Dashran. Back to you, Hanif. Thank you very much, Daryl and Dashran. Let's go for a short break. Coming up next, our quick review of The Company Man. Stay tuned. This is Gigi Well Played on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Gigi Well Played. I'm your host, Hanif Baharudin. The Company Man is a 2D action platformer developed by local indie studio, Forrest. We spoke to the founder and lead designer, Andrew Tio, a couple of episodes ago. And now, Najman Maliki will be joining me as we give our quick thoughts on the game. I guess I have to preface a little bit. It's a 2D platformer, so I played it with both my keyboard and my uh, D-pad just to get the feel. Uh, personally, initially when the game started, I was I'm, I'm blown away lah. I mean, from the start, the artwork. I I I know some people might say like, oh no, this is a bit of over- oversell, but I'd say the artwork is super tuned. I mean, like if you take Hades in and put him in an office. Yeah, that, that, around that line, I'd say, right? So, um, uh, the movements, the whole animations is solid. It's so fluid. It's so nice. And I love the sprinkles of the Malaysian-ness to it as well. Like you can see that Machi at the background and the uncle in the background. So nice. And I think the um, original soundtrack is quite good as well, in my personal view. And being a game, the gameplay. The gameplay itself... Uh, really 
throws me back to my like younger days when I was playing Mega Man and stuff. It's really easy to get into lah. It's a really nice casual game. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, I, I would like to, to to I guess just building up on what you said just now. Um, talking about the artwork. <laughs> yeah, the artwork. Uh, based on my conversation with Andrew, he did say that it was inspired by anime, and I think to a certain extent, yeah, you can kind of see the inspiration there, right? Like clean lines everywhere, quite creative use of colors, I suppose, to to I guess make the the environment pop a lot more. Um, in terms of gameplay, yes, uh, the reference to Mega Man is I, I guess pretty accurate in terms of showing how how um the gameplay is like uh it is a bit slightly simple on, on i think my end and not, not simple in the sense of difficulty because i think i did struggle a bit here and there when it comes to uh, i guess fighting some of the enemies but in terms of control and it's, it's pretty i guess rudimentary but it doesn't make the game quote unquote easier lah. it's just that uh, the control is pretty i guess rudimentary and basic in terms of the kind of um controls that you have access that you have and yes while the game doesn't i guess portray itself as a Malaysian game uh, which I think sometimes a lot of developers tend to fall into uh, it has that Malaysian flavor that you can see in the background here and there right yeah which is nice I think which is like even I think it's just really hard to pull off even when you look at when you look at Malaysian series and stuff like that uh, we tend to um, artistically uh, sprinkle too much of the Malaysian flavor I think the company man just put it in like just nicer <laughs> and, and the best part is, is that I think um, the team itself right the company man uh, I spoke to Andrew the founder and he said that yeah it's partly driven by I guess his perception of the corporate world and at the same time um, his favourite TV show The Office it is a pretty interesting um, concept to approach and to think about right when it comes to uh, I guess tackling the whole office corporate culture uh, but from from a video game perspective right? and I like how I guess he inserted all these concepts of like um, working your way to the top, you know, um, dealing with you know different departments in the office, uh, into a, a, a into the form of a game, right? Uh, do you like all the little eccentricities, I suppose, or little showcase of the kind of office culture that we somehow have gotten used to, I suppose? Yeah, I, I love it, and I think the part that I love most when it comes to that is that the way they kind of take one thing that we take for granted and then like they really went imaginative on that particular tangent for example like i wasn't a coffee drinker um before i started working right and then i started working and i started drinking nescafe and lo and behold now i'm drinking like artisanal coffees but that's always like in not even in the back of my mind right that's like i thought that was like very organic but when we play like this the company man the thing that heals you is the coffee right? you have to go to each coffee station as a checkpoint and then you drink up coffee and then you're healed right i think there's so many um, like so many instances in my working experience i've been like took a five minute break talk to somebody and someone will say like do it you look like you need coffee. And I think like multiple times in the game where you go back to the lobby um, and then the receptionist will just tell you like, uh, hey Jim, you look like you need some coffee. That's so, I mean like, that's so the company life. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, that's a pretty creative way of, I guess, approaching it. I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I've never seen it that way. Like <laughs> coffee drinking culture being part of the office culture or being tied to the office culture which is, I think is pretty interesting as well but I think um, yeah yeah it sort of like adds uh, a lot more 
more, I guess, character into into the game as well, right? Um, yeah, the game the game's fun and all, but um, what what are some of, I guess some of the things that you find a bit lacking here and there? I think for this particular game, so I I'm definitely in no way I'd put myself as a professional gamer. I'm definitely very comfortably in that position of a casual gamer. So from a perspective and point of view of a casual gamer. Um, I think the term that I can I need to use for this particular game is at some points it is quite punishing. So as I mentioned earlier, the water cooler coffee machine is your save points. So sometimes you've progressed through other game and then you die, and then you respawn back at the coffee machine, right? And sometimes that that whole flow is just a bit too much for me. And this game don't have a difficulty where I can set for it to be easy or medium or maybe hard. Uh, there's only one version of the uh, difficulty that I can play in. And when I struggle, I <laughs> I have to struggle, I guess. The, the company grind, I guess. So you just have to like uh, go back at it. Uh, go back at it. Go back at it. I struggled a lot with the first boss crack. Um, and it feels like, you know, like cause I'm, I, in the game, you're asking for a promotion at that stage hopefully this is not such a big spoiler for everyone but yeah it feels like oh my god i have to face my boss again and again and again uh so sometimes it can feel a bit too punishing and that's my biggest beef with the game uh the 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 feel i guess even the creativity on how you will get your your range weapons and stuff is very interesting to me considering the amount of resources that forest have in their arsenal then they can pull this kind of game off i think it's really awesome but yeah i would definitely say that it's a nice casual game but if you're not skilled enough it can be somewhat punishing at some points that's my biggest beef with the game mm. i don't know whether whether like this is a fair criticism but i feel that it's a bit strange that when you're in contact with the enemy you'll get a hit as well uh, and your health will be deducted. Like uh, I know, maybe like Super Mario does that as well, right? So you you can't be in contact with the enemy. But but I find that slightly annoying. I suppose as opposed to like like you know when the enemy attacks you, then only your health will be taken away, right? So that that's kind of strange. Yeah, another thing that I find quite weird as well is that, or maybe because I'm so familiar with how other games approach jump, right? Is that they only have a higher jump uh, and not a double jump <laughs> and I think I know there are, there are some games out there that I guess rewards you with double jump and double jump is not really uh, uh, like I guess a typical mainstay when it comes to jumping it's just that um, I think the game would I don't know whether it make the game easier but I think it'll be it'll definitely make the game more intuitive if they instead of having a long jump where you, if you press the jump button longer it'll give you a, I guess a higher jump they'll I just, I guess, give you a double jump, I suppose, which I think is might be a lot more familiar for a lot of other gamers, right? Yeah. Um. Other than that, I think, yeah, the, the game is pretty creative and pretty interesting. Um. If you have the chance to check it out, do check it out. Uh. I think it was on sale uh, like a couple of weeks ago when we spoke to Andrew. Uh. But now you can pretty much get the game around, if I'm mistaken, forty ringgit on Steam. So right now it's only available on Steam. But I know Forest will be working towards you know having the game on other platforms as well, other markets and other platforms as well consoles hopefully and now perhaps maybe we can segue into talking about some other 2D games that we have played I guess before and maybe share a bit of recommendation I suppose to a certain extent I guess a 2D game um, you know side scrolling 2D action platformer is is once upon a time it used to be the norm but now I guess with the advent of 3D games uh, it has become a bit of its own genre uh, and I think despite 
I guess modernity 2D games, uh, especially side-scrolling games, have its own appeal, right? Uh, and I think I have to admit that I don't play enough 2D games these days anymore. But I do have some recommendations that I can give to listeners out there who who are still like into the genre or perhaps who like something simple to play, right? But before that, maybe Najman, you can start first. Oh, okay. Um, I don't. I mean, I I, I guess I've I've got a few games that I can suggest. Um, but I, again, I. <laughs> I grew up with a 2D platformer, right? Um, I've made 2D platformers before. Um, and uh, I kind of have a soft spot for them. But I think, much like Company Man, there are some niceness to to the kind of old-school-ish feel and vibe. So I'd recommend the classics, man. I'd go for Mega Man, of course. Yeah. Uh, if you feel like Mega Man is uh, a bit dated, which I highly disagree if you say that but um, a slightly different uh, version same creator is uh, Mighty Number no. 9 it's really nice as well um, and if you feel like you want to go really old school I mean like this is one of the, my favourites when I was very young it's called Earthworm Gym basically you play this earthworm dude in a space suit it's a really fun 2D platformer uh, I believe you can get it from like GOG but yeah if you can find the game, Earthworm Jim is my number one recommendation. I guess and an honorable mention as well for me would be Splunky and Splunky 2. Um, yeah, that would be for my for me. Yeah, some good games there. Um, like for me, I would just recommend, I guess, two games that I've played recently. Uh, one is Broforce, if you're into Contra-like game, but uh, with a different take. I guess Broforce can be considered as 2D uh, action platformer. If you want to play as, you know, all the 80s action movies, your Rambo, your Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator, I guess even like Wesley Snipes from Blade, <laughs> uh, you can give uh, Broforce a try. I think it's available on Steam and also on PlayStation Four. Uh, basically, yeah, you you I don't I don't I don't think you'll able to choose all the, these characters. Is that whenever you die, you'll be replaced with all these action heroes, right? And it's just think Contra, but you know, featuring all your favorite action uh, heroes uh, from the eighties or nineties, I suppose. Yeah, so so it's definitely fun. Another game that I would like to recommend is uh, Mark of the Ninja, two D action side scroller platformer, but um, you play as a ninja. Um, they're pretty creative when it comes to the approach. Quite unique as well. Uh, it reminded me of Tenchu stuff as a scene. But Tenchu is a 3D game. But you know, Mark of the Ninja is a, it's quite quite unique and quite fun to play as well. If you like to check out the genre, of course, you, you, need, you can also check out the company, man. Um, like I guess a, a decent addition to the scene. Uh, definitely do check it out if you have the money for it. And um, I guess, yeah, last thoughts on, on, on the company, man, or the 2D action platformer genre. <laughs> I think 2D action platformer is like your classics. Um, some people feel like it's a bit too dated, um, but it's... And maybe currently people feel like it's no longer cool, quote-unquote, if you uh, play 2D platformer. I would strongly disagree. Uh, the Company Man is a, is a really good example of how a 2D platformer can be good and fun. So if you guys don't know what we're talking about, uh, give it a shot, guys. I mean, like, at the same time, you get to also support a good local company. So why not? Kill two birds with one stone. Play a good game. Have some fun and support the local gaming industry. Yeah. 
You've been tuning in to GG Well Played and we've been sharing our thoughts on the company man to the action platformer developed by local indie studio Forest. If you'd like to give the game a try, it's available on Steam for cents. If you'd like to listen to this episode again or our interview with Andrew Theo, founder of Forest, you can find the podcast on bfm.my, our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play and also Spotify. Do share your thoughts about the show or the games that you play via our email, ggwp at bfm.my. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin. Thanks for joining us. Game on and stay safe. Till next time, GG Well Played. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.